0: They could break here Chelsea, this could be the moment, Frank Lampard for Chelsea,
1: it's Carvalho to his right, Lampard for the title, Lampard, it's 2-0, it's Chelsea's Championship, and 50 years of waiting have come to an end.
0: Lampard, comes out to Essien, oh
1: my goodness, it's a counter-attack, a, counter a <laughs> drop-back. And now get the mirror up to it, it. Goes, Mitchell don't mind really if you... Strict it, Stretch it, Mitchell sure not mind you... Stretch it, strict it, Stretch it, yeah. Drop it, oh. in the centre! Oh. McCoy just came to the and back with it,
0: strict it,
1: Good evening ladies and gentlemen and welcome to another episode of Chessy Hour brought to you by Touchline Media Group. I am joined by two very special guests, um, Shemi, how are you doing? We're getting good at this whole thing, you know, but I'm good. Okay, okay, I see how you're I see how you're feeling. I see how, you're feeling. how are you doing, bro? <laughs> Yeah, good man. Obviously, apart from the Chelsea loss, but ready to unpack it. Mm, I hear it, man. My, my my fellow um Cobham Knight. But yeah, man, it's gonna to be tonight's show's gonna to be hosted by me. So you know we've got the three young guns, and you know we've got the older lot out, out of the show. You know, so you know, well, it's a bit of a chessy hour table, So, yeah, let's let's get right into it. So guys, why are Chelsea so good up to the attack? Well, guys, like I feel like we, we've come to the point whereby I feel like we've all expected it. You know, we've all really expected, we were all saying it in the lead up to it, but Romelu Lukaku is going to struggle to score about chances. Guys, where do you guys see the problem? Do you think it's Rom himself or do you think it's our actual, like, ability to provide for him? I'm going to start with you, Shemi.
0: Um, Yeah, so I think it's definitely um, our ability to provide for him. Um, I think as a team... Um, although we are structurally very good in terms of um, the defensive side of the game. Um, when we have the ball, um, yeah, we might keep the ball a lot. We might control games to an extent, but it's a real issue for our players to kind of get their head up and pick that pass. or we'll take risks, I think is probably the right word. So um, our, our players, Jorginho Kovacic, um, who, are our, who is probably the go-to pivot who play probably most of the time along with Kante and whatnot. Um, and the wing-backs too, actually. They, they kind of, they're they liable for this too because they get the ball in some pretty good positions. Um, majority of the time, they're quite safe for the ball. So they'll, they'll pop it along to each other. You touch, I touch ball. Um, it's all quite safe. And then if you just watch um, Rom um, whilst they have the ball, he's making a lot of runs. He's he's moving, do you know what I mean? And um, these lot, they either don't get their head up or they're just not willing to play the risky ball. In fear of losing, in fear of losing possession, um, and yeah, it just and what that leads to is just us recycling the ball from side to side um, with no real penetration, um, and it becomes very predictable. So what you get is teams like Juve who just come and play us our own game, whereby they'll come and be organised, and then they will just wait for that for that wait for that time where we either give them the ball by mistake, which has been happening quite a lot this season, or they just or they just transition off of a, off of a chance or something like that um and then um, eventually we get punished which is what's been happening of late well, over the past two games I'd say um so yeah especially last night so yeah that 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 is really that is chelsea to to at right now um especially the last two games and I think um yeah they're all guilty I think so the two wing backs when they get the ball um they, they, there's there's times where they can play like a little um, slide diagonal into Lukaku's channel but they don't want to do it um, same way Jorginho Kovacic I think Jorginho tries um, he he has in the past um, looked to play lofted balls but he doesn't really do it that much anymore. more but um, Kovacic especially doesn't do it um, often enough anyway he done it for um, one of Lukaku's goals against Aston Villa but he certainly doesn't do it often enough and then yeah that's what happens and we just become very predictable and then yeah uh, there's no and also sorry just one, one more point um before you move on or before you ask simpson is that um no one's really willing to commit a man as well so if you're not going to play if you're not going to play the pass yet, yeah, at least try and commit a man so what you see with like ruben loftus sheet, for example um why he why he why he always adds something different from the bench yeah over the past three or four games is that although you might not associate with him you might not associate ruben as a type of player to play that um that decisive through ball be it over the top or along the ground but what he is good at is that he would get the ball and commit a man because he's very good at um, ball carrying and dribbling. So when he gets the ball and drives, he commits a man, goes past him maybe, or he protects the ball because he's so good, because he's so big and strong. That commits a man that opens space. And then from there we can move and um, create a chance. But what happens with like Kovacic and Junior is that neither of them are really, even though Kovacic is a fantastic um, dribbler, um, he doesn't really, like none of them really commit, commit men. Um, especially when you have Alonso player, Alonso and Aspi playing. They're not guys that are gonna get the ball and run down, run down um, the wing back position and commit a defender. Do you understand what I'm saying? So yeah, that just
1: leads to everything just being very predictable and and crap. So yeah interesting. So you, you mentioned them um, in, in terms of the fact that nobody seems to be willing to make that pass to, into Roman. I feel like we, we saw it a bit earlier on this season, you know, where we actually had um, you know, curva being a lot more happy to make the passes. You know, we we also saw it again. I think we saw it once um, in in that um, game yesterday from Jorginho. But what do you think has led to them being so like risk averse? Like, why why are they so unwilling to make that pass? Do you think it's like a tactical thing, or do you think it's just like maybe that 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 sort of pass is like a bit of a purple patch in their game? Um, I don't know. You, you raise a good point because I remember Kovacic playing some really good
0: progressive passes earlier in the season, so against Arsenal. Crystal Palace, where he we especially the Arsenal game when he he'd visited Lukaku's feet quite a bit. Um, but to answer your question, I, I don't know. I don't. I think I thought it was something that Cover was adding to his game this season. But when you look at um, them two as a whole, I feel like this has kind of been them over their time at Chelsea. I don't feel like they've ever kind of shown that they're willing to do that. If that makes sense, I feel like this is kind of them. Um, I think Jorginho is very progressive. Um, in terms of, like, first third to second third. But when it comes to second third to final thirds, uh, not so much. So, mm. to be honest... And, and, me, and I, even, there, even, yeah, sorry yeah. to
1: trust you, but I don't want this to, like, come as if we're, like, we're, 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 we're criticising junior. No, no no, day, no, no, no. The final yeah. third, that's not really his job. But Yeah, it's not his job. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, like, in terms of, like, setting the play you know setting the tempo that is what you look to him to do and i feel like when when you have games like yesterday where they do where him and kovish are doing like you know, look those little one twos between themselves Mm. where you just allow the team to set back yeah it gets very very pedantic
0: and sorry just quickly one more thing yeah and one and what i'd say about this this system as well is that the pivot is there to control it's to, to control games in terms of possession and to be and to be a protection in front of um uh, free defenders when the wingbacks go forward. So when Tuchel first came in, the reason why the system was working really well was because Kovac and Jorginho were there controlling. Right, they weren't necessarily being like progressive because that were asking them to be in terms of playing balls into final third. But what you had was you had wingback. So Cho was playing wingback. Um, who was flying forward as a winger, and you had Ben Chilwell, who's a lot more um forward thinking as well. So because you had wingers that were very adventurous, so wingbacks that were adventurous, that was creating space that was penning teams back into their final third. Do you understand what I'm saying? But when you've got Aspin and Alonso, they're not those type of, they're not those type of wingbacks to, to pen teams back. So then, so then it allows teams to sit in their shape and then we struggle to break down teams. Do you understand what I'm saying? So if you're going to have those two, if you're going to have misfielders there that aren't as kind of progressive, but are more there to kind of control whatever, like your junior then your wingbacks have got to do the job of penning teams back so that it creates space. But like I said yesterday, the personnel, Alonso Aspie, then they're, they're not gonna do that. So
1: that's when you get games like you did yesterday. Yeah, you, you did raise a good point in terms of the, the wing backs. I'm gonna come over to you, Timson. Um so like how how key do you think the wing backs are to our system? Because obviously it, it, they're a massive like addition in terms of like to our attack. And how do you think you know what we're getting the most? Are, are they providing enough with going forward or what what what's, point, what's been your take on our wing backs this season, Timson? Uh for me, obviously
2: on the right hand side, there was a reason why. Tuchel was looking at bringing in a right wing back in Hakimi. Uh, Reese has done a good job to kind of do what Tuchel wants to do tactically. In the Arsenal game, he got forward, he spread the play, he was that free option, and he helped us pin Arsenal back. And, um, Alonso, obviously, despite the last couple of games, he's um been okay. He's gotten forward, but um he doesn't have that progressive ball carrying ability that Ben Chilwell has. And um kind of when he's when when we're kind of penning teams in, he doesn't offer much else. Um he might get he might try and get himself in the box if the ball's on the opposite side, but um yeah, it's not the same when Alonso's there. What I will say, the issue is with um, in terms of getting to our front three, is um, I take it to what Tuchel said after the Arsenal game. He, when Lukaku arrived, he just kind of dropped him into that starting eleven against Arsenal and didn't give him much. Um, tactical instructions you just kind of let him do um what he wanted to do just to, as, as an initial starter and it doesn't look like it's particularly changed that um since that game obviously the goals have come uh so at the same time you would you might think why not fix it Uh, why fix fix something that's not broken but um the inconsistency in the two in the two tens behind him or even when we switch to a three five two um has left like a lack of cohesion um and i think we're paying the price um and then one kind of final instance this is one for the people who don't like mount who when they say we miss mount they get upset about it or they um, look at his creativity stats. Mason Mount does a job, um, obviously, for those that know football. Mason... Midfield is kind of if you can if you can control the midfield, you have a very good chance of winning the game. Tuchel, since he's arrived and switched switched us to a back three, has been playing two midfielders, so a double pivot against um most teams that play with a three-man midfield. For the majority of the time that's been successful, Mason Mount has been that 10, that inside forward, because he is essentially a cheat code in the sense that. He can read the game and he knows when to drop in and help out the midfield so they don't get outnumbered because it is 3v2. And he also knows when the flow of the game is going Chelsea's way and he can be um, an outright forward. And that balance is something that no one else in the squad can provide. Kai didn't do it yesterday. Kai was obviously poor against um, Juve. ZX definitely can't do it. Um, even though he can play as a, as as an eight if required, Callum can't do it. Um, it's just Mason Mount's reading of the game and his ability to seamlessly slot in between the two roles has now um, helped cover the cover the crack, paper over the cracks um, in the in in the system, and that's led to the midfield being overwhelmed. Um, with the extra man in midfield evidently Aston Villa and um, the because the midfields are overwhelmed our, the system kind of starts to fall apart and the quality of chances that come to Lukaku aren't, aren't, of, um, aren't of let's say expected goals of 0.3 so I think those are some underlying issues that have been present since the start of the season.
1: Mm. Do, do, do you think so what, what, you talk about um you know Mount's importance in terms of like you know being involved in the midfield there, and uh, obviously I, I won't disagree. With Kai, I do think he, he does the job? But do, do you think it is a job because I know you said it's something that he but we I think we have seen you know Kai you know do it a couple of times you know against Arsenal for instance you know him and Mount were interchanging also against Liverpool. I, I think as you said it is a a, a a position that Mount does primarily you know best for the team, but. Do you think it's something that too can maybe adapt to, you know, within games? Like, do you think you can, like, change the system? And if he was to, how would you, if you if were up to you, how would you change the system to, like, adapt for that?
2: Yeah. Um, like, I've never... Obviously, this was Kai's opportunity to do it, show that we... Um, show, show what he can do in terms of doing that role and supporting the midfield, because I think he's a very intelligent player. But um, Kai has his own issues in terms of finding his role because he was looking very at home as a false nine. Obviously, before we signed we signed him, he looked very comfortable as an outright spearhead centre forward. But now Lukaku's coming and he's now he's, he's back to square one in the sense that now I need to find my role. Um, and I'm not sure it's within a 4-3-3. Uh, sorry, a 3-4-3. Um, with Mason Mount... The job, um, the job that he does in terms of reading the game and transitioning, is one of the reasons why Southgate loves him so much, um, and plays him as a ten because he knows when to support. And even though, like you, I also believe that um, Kai has the intelligence. It's not done to the same level. It's not done uh, as as consistently and with the same level of energy that Mason Mount brings to that system, in terms of rectifying it. Um, I've got concerns if it whether or not, as to whether or not it can be rectified. Um, we look at the system, and it came in, and obviously Lampard gets criticism, but this was a team where uh, Rüdiger looked like he was on his way out. Christensen also, Alonso was all but a forgotten man. Um, these are guys who are now integral to the squad because the system uh, complements them, and. Uh, obviously, Mason Mount being able to do that job and supporting the double pivot by dropping in as and when the game requires, um, it's helped paper over the cracks. And now um, those cracks are still starting to are starting to show again with his absence. And now teams are patterning onto that. And even when he comes back, it will help. I'm not sure that completely um, mitigates all the kind of issues that we've found since the start of the season.
1: Mm -hmm. Fair enough. Um, Shemi, so, you know, we've just heard Tim Do you think Timson's been a bit too reactionary, you know, based off of our two losses, or do you think these are definitely issues that have been, like, prevalent within the team since Tuchel's come in? Um, hmm, That's a difficult one. I think, I
0: think teams, I think when Tuchel came in, teams didn't really know how to kind of, um, how to kind of, um, exploit the weaknesses in the system so i guess you could say they're always there but it with like like with every good team kind of it always takes a while before teams start clocking on and stuff like that um so no nah, i don't think he's being a reactionary to be honest um at the same time um at the same time i do feel like um the problems we've had are are, are like really recent so like i feel like probably past like maybe two since the villa game i'd say I'd say they've been they've been there, but I feel like before that I wasn't I wasn't seeing many like weaknesses. You know what I mean? I was I was pretty confident. It was kind of like a roll on from the end of last season, but yeah, no. Nah, to answer your question, I don't think he's been too, I don't think it's been reactionary. I think I think they were there. All it takes is just time for like teams, you know, to kind of clock on and just do their homework, and then eventually um, every system gets found out found out. To be honest, mm, uh, agreed. So then when that happens, it's just up to the manager to kind of um, to counteract
1: it and find a solution. Yeah, agreed, agreed. I, I would, I would agree with Timson partially. I do, I do think you know the system does benefit the players, but I just, I also do think a lot of these players are are just good players. in I, I, I would be interested to see how um they adapt in different formations under Tuchel, and I, I and I'll be interested to see how Tuchel adapts going forward. Like, are, are we going to see any drastic changes, or is he going to stick to his guns? Because let's say he does change information and it works. You know, a lot of people say, okay, you know, that's too that's too cool being proactive. You know, he's done a good job. But if he changes it and it doesn't work, you kind of fall victim of being called reactive in the fact that, you know, mm. you've seen it not work. So it's kind of like a double edged sword. So it will be interesting to see. I'm going to pose the question as well to you guys and listeners. You know, let us know, use the hashtag. Do you guys think, you know, that we've been found out or do you think it's just a, just a stumbling block? Because I do think, I do think a part of it is a stumbling block, but I do also think it is like a long, like, effect of, yeah. like a, of something that hasn't been remedied in the fact that we're not very good when it comes to like that chance creation stuff. So yeah. when it comes to unlocking teams in the, in the low block, we will struggle. You know, we saw it last season against them, Southampton, against Brighton, Arsenal. against Arsenal, against Villa at the end of the season, against Leicester, the FA Cup. Like, it's not just something that's new. It's been a pattern of play. It's been something we've been saying in the podcast for quite a while that, you know, we, we do struggle and. and yeah, they, they, I do think there are internal remedies, but I do also think, you know, adding on another um, creator to the team, you know, to, to kind of supplement the attack, I think that would be helpful. But I think we will see because we've been linked to players like ASM, you know, during during um, during um the... Not during the winter, but like in and around the window. So it does seem as though... It does seem... Sorry, it does seem as though Tuchel is potentially looking to add like somebody in to remedy that. So, um yeah, um going on to that. Oh, just, just quickly, yeah. Can I just Go on. say one more thing? I don't think... To answer your question i i don't think um
0: i don't think we see drastic changes in the two four i can't lie i think he seems quite stubborn not not like in a i don't know whether it's in a bad way or good way or not yeah, i've been saying it,
1: man but i think he, i think he's stubborn yeah i, I
0: think, think once he once he has something in his head i think he sticks to it and i think we've seen it a couple of times like not favoring Tammy not trying to play um Hudson in attack um and even like even times where we've kind of been down it's not been many times to be fair that we've been losing on a two four to be fair but um, yeah, I I I don't, I can't remember the times where he's he's kind of thought about changing like the system or tinkled with it during game. Do you know what I mean? In terms of going back to a four or something like that. So yeah, I don't think there'll be drastic changes. I think the most
1: we'll see is like personnel changes to be honest. Interesting. And if it was up to you, what kind of personnel changes would you see? Because, you know, leaning on from that Romelu Lukaku change, um, question, sorry. Is there internal remedy to, you know, sorting out these problems in the attack. Is, is there something we can do? Internally, UG, show me. Yeah, internally. Like so like like an internal, like like a player you can play, you know, a tweet yeah. to the system, like a tweak to yeah. where you want to play. Yeah, I think
0: personally, I think it gets low blocks. Yeah, you gotta play with winners. you gotta play with dribblers. Like if you ain't got the creativity in midfield, you have to play with dribblers, like players who can go one v one. So we saw it yesterday. Um Callum, I think Callum had two one v ones where he beat, where he beat his man and putting a ball in. Do you know what I mean? So when you commit men, you create chances because space opens up and you can you can either pick a pass, have a shot or whatever. So I think um, against low blocks, yeah, we've got to play. Um, obviously, we know the situation. with Hudson is not; it's just probably not going to happen. But I think you've got to play. You've got to play Hudson like wide, or if Pulisic is fit, obviously Tuchel likes Pulisic. I love it. I love how you said wide. Yeah, yeah.
1: So also,
0: um, oh, when I mean mm. wide, when I say wide, yeah, I mean um in the in the attack. So like, oh, okay, as, as, enough, as a left attacker. Because obviously he'll drift out, do you know what yeah. I mean?
1: Yeah, um, I think that's where he plays best, to be fair, yeah.
0: Yeah, that's, and that's where he plays best, yeah. Or if, obviously, Tuchel doesn't really favour him, then Pulisic. Because as much as I'm not really a massive fan of Pulisic, at least he's someone that can try and dribble, try and beat a man, commit someone, do you know what I mean? Um I think, um in midfield, I think Ruben is a good, is a good solution as well, just in terms of what I was talking about, in terms of his ball-carrying, Again, committing men. And he's also, in terms of te- like technically, the way he, he's his ball um, retention is very, very good. And the way our midfielders have been just treating the ball, losing the ball anyhow, giving the, giving it away, just passing it to the opposition, mm. losing it under pressure. Well, not necessarily losing it under pressure, but just passing it to the opposition. Yeah, because even,
1: even as you said yeah. that, man, like in terms of like when you, when you think under pressure, you know, in the middle of the park, holding the ball, you think of coverage, and against City, he was yeah. poor at it. You know, yesterday gets Juve, you know, Bentacle had the better of him. So like mm-hmm. I, I do think I do think Ruben would could be a welcome chase. Because for me personally, man, I, I, I was saying last week, you know, even if, a lot of people listening to this know I, I haven't been the biggest supporter of him, you know, during, during this whole like stuff, but I wanted to start against Juve. You know, I, I thought he deserved to start and I thought against the deeper block, as you said, Shemi. It it helps <laughs> unlock it because you when you have dribblers, have you said, have you said so well, it commits men, and I do think he, he does deserve to start. And I, yeah. I do hope he does start against Southampton because I,
0: I, Yeah,
1: yeah. I, I, th- I think he will. I think he will.
0: And and just one more thing to say on this whole thing. I think I think part I think a part of the issue as well, we can kind of deal with the tactical deep dive as much as we want, kind of. I think part of it as well is just it's just normal loss in form. Do you know what I mean? Like I feel like these players have been playing at a very high level since since Tuchel took over in January. Um so it's been like what nine months now, pretty much. Um and I feel like a drop in form in some certain players is, it's bound to happen especially when you're not really rotated out like that because um you know the, you know comfortability comes in you know um obviously Sal's coming and he's not really made his mark so like you know like these some of these players are a bit comfortable do you know what i mean like and i feel like when you when you that when that happens obviously you can get complacent and form can naturally just go so um, it's the right time to kind of just get some new new players in there. Like I, I I'm not gonna lie, I like the way we finished. Um, I like the personnel of the way we finished against UVA when we had Chalobah in midfield, Rubid there, Cho um, there. It looked quite nice. So yeah, I think it's time
1: to just get to freshen up the starting eleven and just keep mm. players up their toes. Defo, defo, defo. I, on top of um, you know, freshen up the starting eleven. Um, Timson, I want to pose the question to you. Do you think Tukul is getting the most out of our attackers? You know, we've seen him get the most out of the defenders. You know, we've seen him get the most out of midfielders, but is Tukul doing a good job of getting the most out of our attackers?
2: Simpson, I think it depends on the attacker. So um, Mount has to be in the squad because of what I mentioned, that role of dropping into making midfield three when the game requires. So he needs to be there. Hakim Ziyech... Um, Basically, Tuchel's got him starting out where he likes to drive into. So as in a 4-3-3, he starts out um, wider than that, Um, sometimes even touchline wide, and he drives into that space. But you've got him starting into that space, so where's the space to drive into? And um, he's got more of a view of where he's driving into and a vision of the pitch, like um, where he can hit that man in the back post with his signature crossbar, with his signature crossbar, he's forcing that now in the in 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 deeper areas in more forward errors areas, areas and it's not coming off and it's um actually frustrating and i feel for him in that sense but um i still think he can perform better even um somewhat compromised in that position hudson adoy obviously not a guy's a left winger and they're using him at right wing back nothing more needs to be added. Christian Pulisic, um, it's been so long since I saw him play that I'm, I'm struggling to remember. Kai Havertz, where does Kai even play? Um, I feel like he's a he's in a situation somewhat similar to Dali, in the sense that running in behind the striker as a sort of shadow striker, or if not an outright centre forward has worked well for him and now there's not that position in the team. He's kind of really still good at finding space, but um, he hasn't nailed, that, nailed down a position. Uh, I think you'd still get like the fan base kind of with mixed reactions in regards to where best uh, he can play. So Timo, no. Uh, he tried the 3-5-2 against City, which for me felt somewhat abrupt since it wasn't practiced. You can try it in a week all week before um, a big game a weeks um, not enough to kind of develop chemistry in a strike partnership. So I'd probably say no. Uh, So for the most part, I'd say no, he hasn't uh, just yet, because I don't think the attackers that he has are suited to this um, 210 slash 352 system that he likes to um, switch in between. We know who the beneficiaries are of the um, this system. It's the defenders. It's so Christensen doesn't have to mark, mark uh, um, a Mikel Antonio one-on-one anymore. Um, it's to compensate and play uh, Rudiger in areas where he's comfortable playing at um, with his experience of fullback and um, his ability to drive with the ball. It's surrounding Thiago Silva with legs, even though I think he could still look competent in a back four. Um, and it's also, obviously, to not have Marcus Alonso looking like a Bolton player um, again. So, yeah, that's what I would say. Um, it doesn't benefit the strikers. It doesn't benefit our attackers, that system. So I'd say, no, he hasn't.
1: Fair enough, fair enough. So, Shemi, you, you've heard Timson, you know, you've heard Timson go for one day, you know. Timson, a young Efa there. So he, he's mentioned, you know, obviously the system covering over, you know, players like Christensen, you know, players like Alonso. You know, how, how do you feel about, do, do, would, would you agree with him and, and how would you feel like going on leaning to um, the, the question about how Tuchel is getting the most out of our attackers? Do, do you think he is or do you think he's not?
0: Yeah, to be honest, I, I think Timson hit hit the nail on the head. I'm not going to like repeat too much of what he said, but yeah, um, it does, it's definitely been benefiting the, the type of defenders we have. Um, and in terms of the attack, I think look, what Tuchel done is Tuchel came in, he analysed the squad, and he said, "Like this is what's gonna get us through." Do you know what I mean? And um, I think a lot of Chelsea fans, thought, including myself, thought that okay, given a full preseason, he might try something different. But understandably, because it worked so well, and it got us, you know, the European Championship, um, in and the manner in which he got us to European Championship, you know, we didn't see what see the two goals, I think, something like that in the whole um, knockouts. Like, you know, it, it kind of it's kind of understandable as to why he stuck with it. But um, someone as experienced as he is, he, I think he should kind of know that, yeah, it's definitely not getting the best out of our attackers at this point in time. It hasn't been, I think before, it was all right because um, we only had Werner who was struggling, Havertz who was, um, you know, he had a difficult first year, so you could say was struggling too, even though he picked up towards the end of the year. Um, Ziyech who was struggling, all of them were struggling, so it kind of made sense to kind of focus on the defence. So it made sense. If I'm not going to score, it would be solid. That's cool. But now, that you know, it's 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 kind of not enough now. Do you know what I mean? Because it's got you through that short burst. So now, longer term, is it going to be enough? I don't think so. You need to get your attackers like firing. You need to find out how to do it. And someone of him who's, who I think his Dortmund team were like really exciting. The one that Christian Pulisic, the one that Christian Pulisic played in, like he's not someone that's known as to be like this defensive coach. I don't think. Maybe I could be wrong, but um, from what I know of him, he's not that way inclined. Like he can he can have a fluid attacking team so he knows how to do it so he needs to do it it's just, it's just
1: that simple really a man of his experience mm. and his intelligence he should be able to find a solution yeah i definitely definitely do agree i definitely definitely agree with what you just said that i think there are there are some internal s- solutions for whilst the season goes on and i think there are definitely some that i'm hoping that he plays on going to southampton game so before um i move on from that um and we go into the city game a bit more do do you guys think these last two games how in fact before i even ask you so before these two games where did you guys sit in terms of our um title hope were were you were you guys thinking were title challengers, or did you guys think we'd we'd win the title How, how are you feeling um timson i'll start with you
2: yeah i was definitely um of the opinion that we just needed someone who's going to consistently score goals because that was the issue and the way the season started Lukaku was coming clutch particularly the Zenit game where it was more of the same um, of last season in terms of not creating much um, kind of stump for ideas against a stubborn defense and then the big 97 million pound striker comes and bails us out so I thought that can continue but even then, that was unrealistic. So, yeah, I did think we were title challengers, but kind of
1: prematurely, I'd say. Fair enough, and Shemi. Great. Mm. Interesting, interesting. So, yes, I'm, listen, going into the City game, you know, I don't think I've heard you guys' opinion on the game since, since then. So, Shemi, I'm going to ask you to give me, like, a quick break of what you, felt, what, what you felt, sorry, well, wrong. And were there any positives to take out from that game?
0: No, I don't know positive to say from the game. Can't lie, but um, in terms of the game itself, it was crap. <laughs> uh, I think Tukul... Cool, um, so because Tukul cool beat him three times, I feel like it's one of them ones where it's like, do I stick with what worked, or do I um change it up in case it's predictable? And then I feel like he might have got caught in between the two, maybe. And um, yeah, obviously when he played the 352 um the so the three workhorse midfielders and then Werner look I got front i wasn't too mad when i saw the lineup because i thought okay look, he's gone with a bit more um bite in midfield um to kind of um obviously you are playing city it makes sense like you need legs you need to get about etc cetera, etc cetera. um but i thought it would be even though we played that 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 um that system and that lineup i thought we'd still press with energy i thought we'd still be energetic we'd still you know um, all those good things that we saw too in the early days of Tuchel which made us win the ball you know quickly and then create from there but we for the first time I've, I think this is the first time I've, since watching us on the Tuchel we literally just sat back for 90 minutes and it was really strange we just allowed City to dominate um, City's press was absolutely insane like absolutely insane um, Grealish and Gabby Jesus completely took the win backs out of the game because they were pushed back For ninety minutes, pretty much, Um, Grealish was absolutely fantastic. I think, in my opinion, Um, and yeah, I think City just Pep Pep done his homework. He really, really done his homework. Um, City won the ball early, um, high up the pitch. Um, Obviously, again, um, going on from the Villa game up until now, our our, um, execution of passes, simple passes, was just poor, giving the ball away. Um, So they will win it back easily. Um, unable to play under their pressure, so yeah, it was it was quite easy for City to be honest. Um, it wasn't very impressive, and I think one thing you'd hope is that when you're set up like that, that you'd be good in transition. You know, Werner whatever. And to be fair, Werner was was actually bright, um, one of the brighter players on the day. Um, but if, in transition, no, we just we just weren't good at all. <laughs> like we weren't going to transition at all. Um, there was no energy to get up. Um, things just weren't. Just, just wasn't connecting up top um i think Werner and lukaku connected once um for a lukaku chance that he um when he miskicked it um but yeah other than that it was just there was just nothing that was fluid it just wasn't it was it just wasn't our day um and we got beat um
1: deservedly so
0: yeah i think that's that's yeah it's pretty much my thoughts again mm.
1: yeah I, I think i think that's i think that's a well placed i think that's a well, well put um analysis and timson um what did you think of the game and what did you think of Togo's tactics? Did they leave you anything to worry with or was it um, quite similar to your, your initial worries that you that you relayed on earlier in the, in the podcast?
2: No, um, I'll be honest and say with this situation, with the, those tactics, you have to employ critical thinking um, and just ask yourself kind of what was the objective? Was it clear? Yes, it was to exploit the spacing in behind City's high line and the pace of Timo Werner and the hold up ability of Romelu Lukaku. If things went to plan, Lukaku could have potentially held the ball um, long enough to when allowing us to go long and beat City's high press, which was obviously one of the best I've ever seen. Um, and obviously slotting Timo Werner or Timo Werner to stretch them or give them something to think about and even have them playing deeper somewhat. So, yeah, the game plan, uh, there was a logic to it, but it just wasn't executed. I wouldn't say it wasn't executed well. It was just um, Pep's game plan was just better. It it was just executed by his team better. They they worked really hard. They made it very difficult for Chelsea. And any quality going into Lukaku was very, very poor because of the intensity of City's press right towards the end of the game. Um, so that's what I would say. Pep's game plan was just better on the day.
1: Mm, fair enough, fair enough. And I feel like we, we covered already the, the UV game briefly, but um again, goes again. I had a couple of questions because um, you know, I was watching it, I was actually watching it back um earlier on during work because I had a bit of downtime, and one of the things that really, really confused me was um Tuco's choice to bring on Callum, but to change the system, you know, like when he very could have obviously you know played. You know, the three, the three, four, three, you know, have Callum go up against Danilo, you know, the, the less athletic fullback. There was this like insistence to like change it, you know, have him as, as the wing back on his weaker side. And I felt like that would have been a good opportunity to um play him when he struggles. At. And then again, I don't know if you rec- if recognize, but last 10 minutes, it looked as if Ruben was the one out wide and Callum was more central. So I didn't really get, get like what Tuchel was thinking tactically. So what did you guys think of him, um, Tuchel's um, substitutions late on? And did he leave you anything to worry about? Shemi, I'm gonna start with you. Um, first
0: of all, I first of all, I'm kind of with what Dan said in the group chat. I don't think the two were linked in terms of changing to a 3-5-2 to not play Hudson there. I don't think he's that evil. Well, it's debatable to be honest. But I don't think the two were linked. I think with the Hudson thing at wing back here, for me, I, I didn't even as much as I don't like Hudson playing with back, I don't I hate it, to be honest. I I am so over it. But yesterday, I was kind I was actually for it. Um, in the last 20 minutes, because Asp was giving us nothing, like absolutely nothing. And you know what I said earlier about when you're playing a low block, you need to pen teams back. You need your your wing backs to be high, and you know going at going at defenders, making runs. You know what I'm saying. So I was ha- quite happy to see Cho play there for the last 20 minutes. And to um, to Cho's credit, when he came on, he beat his man twice. He got two really good crosses into the box. I think one, one of them landed on Lukaku's head. Um, and instantly we look better. Um, in terms of Ruben, I, from what I remember, Ruben spent most of the time as right centre midfield. I don't really remember. I mean, you watched the game back, so you're probably more reliable than I am, but I don't remember him being on the left side of attack. Of of um, I think the one substitution that did confuse me was Ross Barkley. Um, I can't, who did he come on for, if any of
1: you can remind me? He came off as ZH. Was it ZH? Right. Yeah, um, I know. him. Um, Jorginho, It was Jorginho as ZH, that, and Alonso that came off. eventually um, eventually the game, anyway. Yeah, yeah. Although Barkley didn't didn't actually play that bad. To be fair, he didn't. He didn't. He didn't particularly do
0: anything, but he didn't play that bad. Um, I was. Th- I was. Just, I was just a bit baffled by the substitution. I feel like um Verna for Havertz would have made a bit more sense. Um, just because number one Havertz was having an absolute shocker, and number two, um. Yeah, just, just a bit more energy up front. Someone to kind of, you know, bit a bit of pace. Do you know what I mean? Um, I feel like that, that would have made, a, for me, that would have made a little bit more sense than um, mm. Ross Park because he really brought on Ruben. So you might as well get on. Like I, don't, I didn't really see the, the point of getting on another midfielder, personally. Um, yeah. I think it just would have made more sense to just put
1: on another striker. Yeah, agreed, well, agreed, was, agreed, yeah. agreed. Agreed. And um, yeah, so I'm going forward on... Um... You know, obviously, you guys said we did, there aren't many positives, but I think I think that there are there is a potential positive of that. You know, I think this may you know shake the team again into into um gear and hopefully you know looking into this um run of games just before, well the game before we go into our run of games um before the international break, hopefully it does you know push the team onto that bigger and better things and um talking about oh, sorry 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 go I've to add
0: I've got to add I liked um Chalo while coming on in midfield um mm. I liked the fact that Tuchel recognised that. Jorginho uncovered. It just, it just, it was just not working, and the midfield was just terrible. So I think he made that the, the sub. The subs came on like around 60th minute. It was, it was fairly early. Yeah. Um, maybe you could say it was because of the goal. I don't know. But I just, I like the fact that he recognised that Jorginho because a lot, like a lot of managers don't really like a lot of managers. It's, it's rare that Jorginho gets taken off. You know what I mean? So, um, and to put Chalibur in such a young player, in that like single pivot, he was literally playing single pivot. I thought it was um, yeah, I was good
1: sub. But yeah. So that, that, no 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 of course of course i mean that as i said that we were looking for positives and i guess that is a positive i think as well ruben you know looking like he's sharp again that's another positive hopefully he's able to push on and hopefully during the international break, he's able to work closely to cool but yeah i'm um, going into a run of games um and a lot of people have been talking about it as like this um run to you know really really cement our title challenge title challenge but guys do, do you think we are facing the risk of underestimating our position because um you know we look at them Southampton for instance you they haven't exactly yeah they haven't exactly had the best of them starts to the season you know but they've also you know put up a good performance against West Ham you know getting a well earned draw you know against City as well getting a well earned draw and you know we after that you know we then play um Brentford you know and we've seen them how M Bueno and Ivan Toney have done them the two man job up top against you know teams like Arsenal and and um Liverpool so um do you guys feel like we're facing this um, risk of underestimating our, our position or do you think it should just be like an easy run of the mill, just like three points, just get it done and go and go on strong into the season? Because, you know, we look at our fixtures, you know, we've got Southampton at home, Brentford away after the break, Malmo at home in the Champions League, Norwich Jeremy in the Premier League, Southampton again at home in the Carabao Cup, Newcastle away in the league, Malmo away in the Champions League, Burnley at home and then Leicester away, which will probably be our first um hard game so what do you guys think about that do you think we underestimate our opposition or do you think i'm maybe looking a bit too much into it
2: chelsea fans yeah um most definitely uh but the important factor is tuchel won't he will get the team focused he will do his research and he will not neglect a single fixture um even if chelsea fans just see it as a foregone conclusion on paper we should win those games despite this form but Um, on paper doesn't um, take into account like the form that we're in and um, potentially the fact that our midfield double pivot and our whole system may have been kind of sussed out ever since the Villa game so um, yes to answer your question yes Chelsea fans overconfident um, underestimating the fixtures yes uh will chelsea as the players and the management i can't see it happening i, also, Fair I, enough. Think,
0: I think it depends on how you approach, you approach the game really i think if he's if he makes changes then clearly he's not a, um us underestimating the opposition because he would reckon him recognizing that yeah some of these players have been in bad form recently but if he just keeps it the same then that's 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 worrying and i don't sorry guys can i just
2: sorry can i just interject because um an article's come out saying antonio conte uh antonio conte said that chelsea don't know how to use thomas Tuchel specifically isn't playing to Lukaku's strengths i'll quote you what he said um a coach is good if he can improve players i think we did great work with romelu over two years conte told sky italia He's a specific he's a very specific striker bringing Lukaku into the box he is dangerous however when he starts from midfield he is incredibly quick it is very difficult to find a player who is both a target man and who can also run from midfield there are also characteristics i can see in Erling Haaland i had been tracking Lukaku for a very long time and wanted him when i was at chelsea even when he was at west brom conte goes on it's a tactical situation too centre forward who goes looking for the opposition defender backs into him and lays it off for whoever is supporting him that's a tactical approach used in basketball as well the good thing about Romello is that he can hurt you anywhere if you can keep him far away from the penalty area he can kill you with his pace if you have him in the box he has the physicality to be a target man Conte also stated I think he can still do better above all with his technique he is already at a very high level, but a player must keep improving until the day he retires. During the game, there are moments when Lukaku needs to be turned on. But the other, other than that, he is one of the toughest forwards to play against because he can do damage in any area of the pitch. If you have a centre forward like that, you need to use him. I don't think Chelsea have quite figured out how to use him yet. Last season, they didn't have a proper centre forward, so they rotated positions. Whereas Romelu is a real reference point in attack. If they can figure out how to use Lukaku, then Chelsea can become the team to beat in the Champions League this season.
1: Interesting. I, I think I do think he's right. I do think he's right. I don't think we've actually gone anywhere near as much as we can be from Lukaku. You know, I think it, what one thing we've done well is we've been able to use him as a, as a, like a, a focal point in attack. You know, being able to use him to pin attackers. Defender stories, but uh, even that, I don't think we've done enough. You know, there were, there were moments where I um, was able to evade them, the lit and um, pin Benucci, and we just didn't get the ball into him because I think one thing that you one thing I, um, I don't think people like recognize that you they did was they had them the lit as um, the front foot defender, I mean, and a Benucci wasn't um, behind sweeping up, so it made it quite easy job. In the fact that once once you don't play the ball into him, you play, you've played it around, you know, and they've been able to set up. You you just put the pass into, into, into Lukaku, the list able to like, just quickly just knock it away. And it was something did a lot. I think when they brought on Chiellini as well, from then on, you knew it was going to be curtains because that guy is just a master of dark arts. We saw it in the summer. And yeah, as to as um Conte said, you know, at the halfway line, he, he is, he's he, as they call him, he's a transitional beast, man. Like on the transition, you, you don't want to see, you don't want to see Lukaku on the fast break, you know, mm. not many, not many people are going to be able to uh, um actually deal with him. And I do think, we, were, we did it once, you know, when Cova played that early passing to against Aston Villa. You know, I think we did it maybe once in, in a halfway, you know, when Barkley played that pass into Lukaku. And I th- and I do think you should have got that on target, you know, where well, you have a top striker you expect to get that on target. But as content I don't think we've got anywhere near enough from, but you know, it is early days. It is early yeah, days. Like, so one thing I'll
0: say is yeah. as 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 much as he does make good points, and obviously, yeah, he he's a top manager, and you got the most out of him. Um, and yeah, some what he said is valid. Um, at the same time, I do feel like two things. Number one, I, I honestly feel like Lukaku is, is kind of the least of our problems right now. I feel like he's not, like, he himself has not been bad. Do you know what I mean? Like, I i, I don't, feel it, that's just my opinion. I don't feel like he's been bad and I don't feel like, you um, know, it, I, I don't feel like um, his performances have been, like, that bad, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Um and obviously, as we discussed, a lot of the team problems as opposed to just him himself. Um, and the second thing is, I feel like it's, it's kind of easy to point the finger um, at, at someone like Lukaku when, um, when, you know, when the going gets tough, you know, you lose a couple of games, your striker doesn't score. It's kind of easy to kind of, you know, say those things and point the finger at him. Um, but my question is, like, I don't know, if, if Lukaku had scored yesterday, or had scored the last two games, but we still lost. Would would that Arkov come out? Would people be questioning Lukaku? Do you know what I mean? I think it's maybe just because he just hasn't scored. Um, but on the eye test for me, I don't, I don't, I don't think he's been
1: that bad. I generally think the teams just just avoid him of service. But yeah, no, I, I do agree with you. I do agree with you. But I, I think I think I think two things at the same time I can be right. You know, I do I do agree in the fact that he hasn't he hasn't been the least of our a but I do also agree with Kwanzaa in the fact that are we doing the most to get the best out of him, you know, in terms of playing the ball early? But, you know, as I said earlier, it is early doors. So we maybe we will see the beam change, but maybe it's also something for us to, like, you know, have as a checkpoint that's a look um, as we go ahead into the season. But, yeah, um, I want to do a quick loan watch you guys, you know, with, um, in my opinion, the three key players out on loan. So, you know, we have um, Connor Gallagher at Crystal Palace playing the more advanced role. We have Billy Gilmore in the sixth for Norwich. And then we have Levi Colwell taking the championship by storm with Huddersfield. So I'm going to start with you, Shemi, on, um, on Gilmore. Um, do you think that loan was a good decision on, on the initial eye test? So I'm not going to ask you about his points, but do you, do you, what were your initial thoughts going on into that loan? I
0: thought, I thought it would be good, obviously, because Gil- Gilmore's talented and I want him to play. Um, I don't agree that, him being the fourth midfielder to quote and unquote learn or whatever would was is necessarily the best for him because yeah he's just not playing like he needs to play he's a, he's a talented boy so I was happy in that sense that um that yeah I knew he was going to get a fight barring injury he was going to get at least 30 games in under his belt what I didn't kind of take into consideration is how terrible Norwich are. <laughs> I thought I didn't think they would be as bad as they were <laughs> the last time they were in the Brent. But clearly, they need to sack that Brenner because he, he just can't. Farke <laughs> can't. He can't take him. He can't take him up a level. Clearly, so um, I think at, at the same time it's it's a bit like Ruben. Like um, although you're playing whatever consistently last season with Fulham whatever, but you're in a relegation dogfight. You're losing every week. How much are you really kind of? Obviously, you're learning. I guess you're learning how to get through tough periods, and you're, you're building mental character. But how much, um, how much, how much have you grown on the pitch in terms of like, you know, when you're playing like more a team that's winning, a progressive team, a team that's flowing, you know, you're going to develop a game a lot better. Whereas, you know, Norwich are going to be on the back foot. I remember I watched them against City um, when they got whacked five 0 and yeah, it's just literally they're just penned back in there, like literally eleven men behind the ball. And someone like Gilmore, whose whole bag is being on the ball, if you're if you're spending ninety percent of your games doing that, then it's not really going to be beneficial for you, is it? So we have to wait and see. We have to wait and see. Hopefully Norwich can improve. I don't think it will, but yeah, it really depends on the setup. Um, to answer your question, because someone like Gilmore, his game is on the ball. Like I said, very very good on the ball, picking passes, etc. So. Um, how Norwich approach games, whether they want to actually get their foothold and play a little bit
1: or whether they just want to be defensive will kind of determine how that loan goes. I mm, agree because I've, I've tried to watch a couple of the Norwich games and I've been, um, I want to say disappointed in the way they've um, used Gilmore because obviously he's not their player so I'm not really expecting them to adapt their game around him but I do feel like the, the way they've played, you know, they've been quite a transitional side. They haven't really been like trying to build up play through him. And that is that is how he plays best. But there is also the argument to say that, you know, playing in diversity, you know, playing in, 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 in games to um, defend, that will add, add elements to his game. So, Timson, what do you think about that? What do you think about um, Gilmore's time at Norwich? Do you think it was the right loan or do you think we should have been looking at a, a more, at a, a, more um, a better like possession-based team?
2: Definitely, I think it was the right loan. Um, in terms of possession base, uh, what do we need to know that we haven't seen or know about get Billy when he's been on the ball at Chelsea? We already know he can pass. We already know he can. Um, he's comfortable on the ball. We all, we already know his decision making is good. Um, this is all stuff that we know about Billy when he's in uh, Chelsea when he when we're strong in possession defensively, um, his work off the ball and his development off the ball will probably uh, be a key factor in um, what what he does next season in regards to coming back to Chelsea to kind of stake a first-team claim. So the defensive work, as well as being in a team that they're going to be doing a lot of work off the ball, but when they do get the ball, they try and play. Um, Daniel Farquhar, he's moved... Billy from the middle of the midfield to the right-hand side um, to see if he can influence the game more. I just find Daniel Farka to be out of ideas. And my biggest criticism of Daniel Farka is that two years ago, Norwich were relegated because they couldn't score enough goals. Um, He's gone down. He's kind of rebuilt the squad, albeit losing some players along the way, Buendia, notably. And he's gone back up and he's still relying on that same striker who didn't get him the goals that the club needed to get up, to stay up two seasons ago. So that's my biggest criticism of Daniel Farkar. And the fact that he's kind of shuffling the pack um, in terms of Gilmore's role is another kind of concern that he's running out of ideas um, and he's kind of hoping for something to work out.
1: I do think that's fair enough and yeah I, I do think that there, there are elements of the game that he, he will learn to Adam at Norwich and obviously you know having that game time will be key and um, going on to another player before I even go on to him you know there were reports coming out that um, Tuco will be looking to play them both I, I don't know how they, they know that but maybe that's like a potential but the, on, on the second player is a, is a one Connor Gallagher you know he's had an amazing amazing time at Palace you know I watched this game against some Spurs, Spurs and I thought it was amazing. that you know, we saw a lot of composure in the penalty area. You know, you put up a really good performance against Liverpool as well. You know, he was really good in the ball. You know, I, I saw I even heard Klopp saying his praises. You know, against West Ham, he got man in the match. He got two goals again. Extreme composure in the box. And against Brentford, like the, the, the kid is balling. You know, he's really, really performing well, and it is good to see him playing the more advanced role where he has a. Um, a lot less defensive and responsibility because although he can do that job there I do feel like you know in and around the penny area you know like that eight pushing on forward position I think that is the best place for him to play and um, Shams I'm going to ask you um, on on Gallagher have you been impressed by, by his form and do you think there's a space for him potentially going into next season
0: yeah I've been impressed by him he, look, he looks good I wasn't impressed by him last season I obviously couldn't see what the hype was, um, but obviously I think when you give context, West Brom you know, it's just crap team. Um, but yeah, this season has been good. I can't lie. I still don't think he's like I'm still not on the bandwagon to be honest. Like um, some of you lot, but um, yeah, he's a, he's a really good player. I like him. Um, he seems very um, he's got a good technique um, and in the box. Like you said, he's he, he's he's got a composed head. He's got a calm head. Um, he's very energetic too. But obviously, he's not just energy; he's also got the tech as well um, to to come with that. So, yeah, I think he's I think he's a good player. But in terms of um, would there be a space for him next season? Um, I, I struggle to see it personally. I think um, obviously it depends on how you know the the season plays out in terms of our midfielders and how they do. But um, I can't see him being a go to guy in the midfield. To be honest, I think um, he might just he might just go on a permanent. I think personally. And, um, yeah, but I have, to, I have to watch a bit more of him to kind of see if he wants to support in a Chelsea midfield and how it would worn out in a top team. But um, as, as of right now, I'm probably going to say I don't really see him being um, a significant part of the team next season.
1: Fair enough, fair enough. And Timson would you agree with um, Shemi there or do you, do you, do you have a, a different opinion? How, and how have you felt um, about um, um, Gallagher's performance so far at um, Crystal Palace.
2: Loving it. This was obviously a lone destination that could have happened last season had Crystal Palace not prioritized them, a forward um and going and opting for Batshuai. Uh I think it's come at the right time because they're now playing a more progressive system in a four 3 three. It's allowed Conor Gallagher to have the freedom to um have an impact on both ends of the pitch. Um sorry of the ball. So offensively and defensively, obviously the goals uh, on the ball offensively is what we're kind of raving about. Vieira said it's today, it's still somewhat too soon for him to get an England call up. But the fact that um, a lot of people, even non-Chelsea fans are kind of thinking it's a matter of when, not if, is definitely a positive sign and um, clear indication that he's grown. In terms of his prospects at Chelsea coming back next season, If we're still playing um, a two-man midfield or three at the back, I don't see it for him or um, Billy Gilmore, to be honest. Uh, You see in that double pivot, Tuchel likes his um, very neat and tidy um, midfielders, just kind of keep it very neat and tidy in there. So someone who's very dynamic and... um, like hustles and bustles like Conor Gallagher, he'd be limited in that role. So you'd kind of lose what's good about Conor Gallagher if you asked him to temper down his game and just keep it nice and simple. Ruben is very similar in terms of just give us some nice touches and keep it nice and neat. But um, from a deeper role, Ruben can still influence the game with his ability to drive forward. And that double pivot is somewhere Ruben's kind of played um, at at the academy level with someone like Charlie Colkit, um so we've seen that and it's not it's not kind of a foreign thing with Connor, I feel like you lose some of it if you put him in a two and um the kind of midfielder that he is wouldn't be suited for what Tuchel wants in that two sorry, sorry to interrupt you there but um
0: would you, wouldn't you if you were to compare it to a, a, a player and t- a midfielder on our team you probably say you'd probably can't take it right in terms of the hustle and the energetic getting about the pitch right so if kante looks fine just
2: playing devil's advocate could you make a case for connor connor gallagher looking fine in the pivot or not no because um i don't think connor gallagher has the same level of uh the same in terms of ability to read the game and um kante is a seek and destroy midfielder um, who adds energy into the the attack whilst kind of um, stomping out and stomping out attacks as where they kind of crop up somewhat a Roman firefighter. Conor Gallagher is closer to Mason Mount I would say in terms of the energy he gives to the team and the influence he tries to have on both ends of the pitch he wouldn't be the same in terms of him just breaking up attacks you wouldn't see him like making key interceptions and Drift, giving the ball quickly, that's just not his game. Um, he will press, he will work hard, but he won't have, he doesn't have that innate ability to read and snuff out um, opposition attacks and and start counter attacks the way Kante does. So that's where I see the difference.
1: No, I do think that's fair enough. I, I do think, um, even with um Gallagher playing deep, I think he is prone to diving in a bit. You know, he, he does seem a bit, you know, happy to, to tackle, but. I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing, but yeah, um, I think he has had a good start to the season. I'm hoping he just pushes on for everyone and keeps smashing it. So I'm going on to the last player, um, Levi Caldwell, you know, my, my fellow Cobham Knight, you know, Timson. I know, I know me, you've, we've got a couple of stocks in them. Not, not not too many, but some say we're majority shareholders. So um, how, how have you um found these and started the championship, you know? You know he, he's be, he's be, he's you know I mean there's there's no argument to say that he hasn't been able to um, adapt to it physically. You know he's he's taken it by storm. You know, he, did a, he did a good job. He did a good job in the cup. You know he seems to be playing well as well. So I mean, how, how do you think he's played so far? And do, do you think you know there may be a potential at, at Chelsea?
2: If I had to compare it to um, a debut loan um, of anyone that's kind of played at Chelsea so far, I'd compare it to Tammy's season at uh, Bristol. He's come out of academy football where it's very neat and tidy, very similar to the Bundesliga in that um, teams will come out and play um, instead of just kind of parking the bus because really and truly the livelihood of clubs isn't at stake given relegations or not. So very safe environment. Um, He's gone into the most the one of the most physical leagues the championship albeit not as physical as it used to be you can see that from the teams that have been promoted they're not like the stoke kind of bruisers or burnley's anymore it's teams that try and play football but um still a very physical and competitive league and he's just taken to it like a fish to water um he and what chelsea did um that they deserve credit for was finding a team that plays a back three and um like which was obviously a hand-chosen destination since we've learned several players there Casey Palmer, Trevor Chalabar and Co just to name a few so um, we chose that team where we had options elsewhere um, and we got that deal done very early so he could spend all of um, pre-season with that squad acclimating and getting used to it and it seems to have all paid dividends the way he's just taken to the championship so well. And he just looks very, very at home Um, more than at home, to be honest, almost ready, almost seemingly almost too good for that league. Um, And I think by the end of the season, he will be, he'll be he'll be he'll be too good for that league and we'll be already looking at what's next for him. Um so I'm really, really happy that um my stocks are obviously growing and um he's performing well. In regards to his um future at Chelsea, uh we've seen about we we we've seen kind of the value and how much of a commodity left footed center backs are, especially ones that have the physical um, prowess that he does, um, although he does need to work on his kind of judging of balls because he's been caught under a couple of balls this season so far. Um, but his ability, his comfort on the ball, and the fact that he's he relishes physical battles in the championship as well um, is really, really, is really, really optimistic. So I think there'll be room. For, there's always an opportunity for a player like that who's left-footed, who can give the team angles, because at the minute, our only left-footed centre-back is Malang Sa and yeah. That, the, the,
1: the less said about him the better.
2: <laughs> that's exactly it, um, and I mean, I think I, I, I'm one of those people that thinks Rudiger um, will leave. I think he'll chase the money. Um, I was hoping that he would we, he would allow us to defraud someone like Bayern Munich or PSG into taking him, giving him 250k a week, putting him in a back four and realising that he's not the guy um, in a back four. Um, but yeah, there'll be opportunities. Thiago Silva is ageing. He's not going to be around forever. Um, the he, He's kind of front front and center for young players. So um Mbiyamba still has a way to go. Um and I think there'll be there'll be openings for him. Um but obviously if we sign Kunde that's another player to compete with. Um and obviously Chalab is still around and he fancies himself as a center back. But obviously I'm one of them people who prefer him in midfield. But um yeah he's got every opportunity to be honest.
1: Mm, fair enough fair enough. So yeah and um, before we wrap it up you know Obviously, we've got the um, Southampton game this weekend, you know, 3 pm kickoff, so it won't be on TV. But obviously, with it, with us coming off um, two back-to-back losses, it's obviously going to be a, a massive game. You know, we we have um clearly obviously um we've got um Pulisic out injured, we've got Mount seemingly doubtful, Kante with COVID and um and then Reshaves are injured. Um guys, how confident are we feeling? Because you know, um Timpson, again, you know. My fellow, on um, cop of night we, we we've got the return of um, um Tiene You know he won't be unlocked um, by the um loan clause that um a, a has. But how are we feeling about this game against Southampton? Um, because obviously we have pardon, yeah, he'll he, um, Livermento. yeah, he'll definitely be playing because he, he's he's a permanent. Oh he's yeah, from... yeah, he, yeah so he'll definitely be playing. And after he's a um, strong start to the season, it'll be interesting because we have actually beat um Southampton in two in two years' time. So they do seem to be developing this kind of bogey team against us. So um. How are we feeling, you know, about the potential um Tina Livermento against Marcus Alonso? battle? um guys, um what, what, what do you what do you guys think well, about? I think game? Alonso's
0: gonna play, to be honest. I think the fact that he got hooked at half-time, just was just, just telling. But um, um hopefully. Yeah, hopefully anyway. But um I think yeah, I, I'm gonna be honest, I think we'll win. I think we'll win. I think we'll bounce back. Um I think we'll see changes. Um but yeah, I think we'll win. Um and I think the international break is coming at a good time because yeah, if we could just win this game and then have like a little break, regroup and stuff like that, it'll be good. Um, if you're asking,
1: for, did you ask for a lineup, or did you just say how it goes? Uh, just how it goes. I was gonna, I was yeah. gonna go to lineup, but just, okay. just to tell you how you think, how you're feeling about the game. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not, yeah,
0: I'm not too, I'm not too, too worried. I think if we lose this game, then from then on, I think then I'll be like, I think worried. I think we'll be in crisis mode. But I think for now, I'm still pretty calm. Um, I think we'll get the job done. Probably won't be. It won't be easy um, because obviously, naturally, when you're in this form, you know things happen. But I think, um, given the right lineup is chosen, I think we'll win the game.
1: Mm, fair enough. I'm, I'm, if it was up to you, what sort of lineup are you expected to see? Um, so I would. This is a difficult. I'm. I'm.
0: I'm torn between two. I think I'm okay. I'll go with this one. I would personally play. Um, hmm. Yes, it's a difficult one. Okay, I would play... I would prefer to see um a 3-4-3, probably. Um, Actually, no, no, forget that. I'll probably say a 3-5-2 um, with, um, obviously, Mendingo, um, Thiago, Rudiger, and... It's, yeah, Christensen. Is James is not back, is he? He's still injured. Uh, I think he'd be
1: I think he's gonna be still injured for this game, still but we'll, we'll see, I
0: guess. Yeah, so in that case, yeah, them um them three at the back, um, SP wing back, um Chilwell, left wing back. Um yeah, if he's gonna play three midfield, I would like the three to be Ruben, um, Chalopa and Kovacic. Then I'd play Lukaku and Werner up front. Um me personally, like I said, me personally, I would be Tempted to play um, uh, two midfield, so Ruben and um, yeah Ruben and Kovac uh, with Chilwell left wing back, um ASP right wing back, and then Hudson way um, left side attack, Werner right side attack, and Lukaku up front. So yeah, I'm torn between those two. Obviously, we know what what's more likely, but if I was to kind of have my way, I'd probably go for that latter.
1: Fair enough, fair enough. And um, what, what, what what's your prediction for the game? um i've reached for the game i haven't watched that sometimes it's a bit tough I'd probably say two-0. two 0 no. two 0 fair enough and timson um how are you feeling about the game what are your expectations and what would be your your lineup
2: i don't really have any expectations about the game right now all i'm expecting is um changes and based off that my my confidence in the lineup um based on the changes in the lineup my confidence will kind of um like kind of build up accordingly. Uh, How would I do it? I don't see him scrapping the back three. So we'll go with the um 3-4-3. I don't really think James ward proud aside. Um Southampton have like um midfields that can really trouble the two even if we're lacking, even if it does become a 3v2 situation. I'm I'm hoping Tuchel will kind of put in countermeasures to deal with that. Uh, I think Ruben's definitely earned a start if I was Kovacic I'd kind of be looking over my shoulder because not only has he kind of displaced Saul as the fourth midfielder completely um, even he's probably even he's probably behind Barkley at this point I would definitely look at um, I think Ruben uh, might uh, Barkley forward. oh my god sorry that was just so funny but you see it obviously um they came on. Um, both of them came on. Yeah, ah, I, I, yeah, it's I, true. I, I can't, it's I can't true. lie It. I, thought,
1: I, thought, I generally thought I was hearing something wrong. Like, I, I didn't want to say anything, but then... do you say Barkley
0: as in R- um, Ross Barkley? T- mate, it's crazy. A whole cell, you know?
2: Nah. Look, we need nah. to... We And we spent five million for a, basically a human paperweight to just keep the bench from moving. Like, what a waste. Um... I I I would, I would I would give serious thought to potentially cutting the losses and seeing if we can get some of that five, some of that 5 million back but um yeah Ruben um has definitely earned a start um I Marcus Alonso is looking like um I always saw it as an event inevitability that um Ben Chilwell would come back into it so um I think that happens this at the moment um and then the front three is it's like rolling dice to see what comes up with the way he kind of just like picks and chooses the, the 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 two behind Lukaku. Fair enough,
1: fair enough. And um what would be your prediction based off that lineup? Um I think Chelsea will rally. I think they'll get
2: a narrow win. I don't think we'll we'll ever be at a position where we get a nice convincing win, especially the way if Southampton show the form that they showed against uh, City, because I think they should have beaten City, in fact. And I know team Tino Livramento is going to be up for this
1: game. Mm, fair enough. Fair enough. And if it was up to me in terms of lineup, um, I'd want to go with a, with a split strike formation. So I, I'd probably go with a 3 5 2. Mm-hmm. But um, I'd keep the um, back three the same. I keep the back three the same in terms of just having um Tiago Rudiger, and Christensen. Just for the sake of um, stability. I'd obviously bring in and work I think it's time to get him in now. Like he, he needs game time. Like Tuchel cool. it, it is enough, right? Like we, we get it, you know, he needs to you know back up his ideas, but let's just start our best players. Like, please. And um, on the other side, I'd go Aspie. And then um in the midfield, I'd probably I'd probably risk it. I'd probably risk it and I'd go Kovacic and RLC. The reason I say risky, I feel like we would probably lose a bit defensively from Jorginho, but I think we, we gain that of um, attacking impotence in the fact that on the ball, those guys are definitely our two best ball carriers. I and mean, then um in the 10, I'd want to see Kylan play there. I'd want to see Kylan play there. You know, it's a position he's, he's played, you know, for the England under-21s. He's played there for the um, U team as well. And I feel like, for looking for creativity, I think we, we can get some out of him. So I'd want to see, you know, be given a bit more trust. Do I think it's going to happen? Well, obviously not, but I, I would like to see him played there. I mean, with um, Lukaku and Kai, Kai up top, you know, in this pitch, right? Because I, I do think if you're going to play Havertz, you should not be playing in the 10. It's a complete waste of resources. He, he doesn't. He's not a creative player. Not that you can't create, but at the end of the day, he's a final action player. You want him in the round of penalty area causing havoc. That's where we've seen the best from him. And I don't really get why we've vied away from it. I get having Lukaku there, changes that a bit, but like Tuchel, you're the manager, we trust you tactically, there is definitely a way to play two up top with, with the two of them. And I'd like to see them two up top with Kyle, Kyle behind him. If that can't work, then maybe, you know, Roman Werner with, with Kyle in behind. And in terms of predictions, I'm going to go with a 2-1 win. I'm going to go with a 2-1 win. I don't think it's going to be as easy as a lot of people are expecting. I, I do feel we'll be able to control the game, but even in that aspect, you know, um, Southampton, they're not, easiest team to, um, on, they're not the easiest team to... Um, to unblock, you know, we saw it against City. You know, they were very, very defensively strong against United. They were defensively strong, even against um, West Ham, who've been scoring goals for fun this season. They've, they've been defensively strong. So, I don't think they're, they're a team that are going to be willing to just um open open yes and just, you know, just let you go through because you know, you, you've got Salasu, who's having a good season as well. So, I do think we, they, they were obviously aren't a team to underestimate, but I do think there's no excuse but to be winning. And with that, um guys, I'm gonna have to thank you for joining me on. I think that was a really good podcast. So, um, Shemi, thanks for having, happy having you on. Pleasure, pleasure, man. And Timson, straight back at you, man. Thanks for having you on as well, man. Always a pleasure, bro. All right, and peace. He done it! The greatest night in the history of Chelsea football! To find a way through, oh, that is magnificent, magical from Eden oh, Hazard, brilliant run by
0: Hazard, oh that is absolutely phenomenal. That's more like Kante, they do threads on Twitter and ranting, doing the most, True say that money is power, so when you get money keep quiet and ghost, ghost. I remember when I shot my shot, but I didn't have gop, so I hit the post. But next time, it's a golden goal. And it-
1: Sports
2: Social Podcast Network.